Welcome to Prime of Our Lives, a podcast about navigating pop culture and the Korean wave in our 30s. I'm Katie Logan. And I'm Polly Kwok. Hi, Polly. How are you? I'm all right. How are you, Katie? I'm good as well. I'm tired. Yeah, it's been a long month already and we're not even through it yet yeah but, um it's saint patrick's day this week though it Can is celebrate it? um no not really not any more so than a non-irish u.s citizen <laughs> what about you yeah. um all my vancouver friends listeners will understand this we go to the bar for St. Patrick's Day. And this, I think for me, it was mainly during uni days. Like I wouldn't have done that <laughs> after university. Yeah. But we would just drink beer that's green. Yeah. And that was the highlight. It's like, let's go drink green beer. It's like, okay. <laughs> and it tasted like beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> not it like a flavored, green. flavored green. What flavor no. would that be? Lime? Yeah, I think, I mean, that would be good for like jello shots. Yeah. Green jello shots. And maybe, maybe green lemon drops. Yeah. 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 It just made beer even, I mean, I'm not a beer drinker. It just made it even more off putting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those were the good old days. Feeling so old talking about my uni days yeah i mean it's hard because we're both still in lockdown aren't we so there's not i would you know if if things were open i would go out and celebrate saint patrick's day just to have a reason to go out if we could but we can't yeah that's Uh. true but apparently um having these throwback conversations like remember the time when we used to do x it's supposed to be good for your mental health. Really? Yeah. Like throwbacks to like normal life pre-COVID or throwbacks to like uni days? I think it's like throwback to good memories. Okay. Because I think obviously nowadays when you talk with your friends on Zoom, FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever, everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. So it's kind of, obviously these are like, only for people you have more of a history with. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to be like, oh, remember when we went on this trip and this happened? Yeah. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah. And then we did this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Because I guess it's triggering like a good memory and it kind of takes away from the lack of ongoing um, with the COVID situation. Yeah. Yeah. So positive thinking. Hmm, thanks, Paul. Manifesting. Manifesting positivity. <laughs> it's like the secret. I've been yeah. um reading some books for my upcoming hypothetical YouTube series in Italy. And my plan is to read books about Italian saints and then go see their like hometowns and, and shrines and stuff. Cool. And I've been reading about 
probably one of the most recent Italian saints. And, you know, to be, to be named a saint, you have to have performed miracles. Okay. And um, miracles can be like unexplained healings. And apparently the Catholic Church convenes like a committee of doctors to review quote-unquote healings and the medical doctors have to confirm that like there is no medical explanation for a healing okay um how, do, how does it one confirm this uh so it's like you know those situations where like a tumor just disappears and the doctors are like no like they weren't given chemo they weren't there was no surgery there was no radiation it's just like it just disappeared interesting so they don't say like this saint did it they just say there's like yes we can confirm that like there was no medical treatment given that would explain this yeah intriguing so i was like i was thinking about this and reading these stories of padre pio healing people and um so then i was thinking about like you know how in the stories of Jesus healing people, he says, like, get up and walk. And yeah. then people get up and walk. And, like, Padre Pio's healings sometimes were kind of similar. Right. And so then I was reading about, like, the power of positive thinking. And, like, mm. if you truly, truly, truly believe that someone can heal you and you go to them and you truly, truly, truly believe that they can heal you, like – there is evidence. There's like a French physician in the 1800s, or he was a pharmacist who would prescribe people. Ooh, yeah, pharmacy. yeah, pharmacy. He would um, prescribe when he would give people prescriptions. He would put like a note in their prescriptions that was like, "I've heard this works 100% of the time," or like he'd be like, yeah. "This is like a really great medicine," um, and then he would tell people to just say to themselves like. Every day I'm getting better and better. Every day I'm getting better and better. And he like had success. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there really is this thing around like the healing power of positive thinking or just like believing that you will get better. You know what? I guess I've kind of done it to myself before. Because mm. I... um this is gonna sound terrible it's like airing out my medical not medical but like random things that have happened to me um I used to have a wart on my foot yeah like when you're a kid you know from the pool or whatever. yeah yeah and when I went to the podiatrist he said I could either freeze it or you could just think about it and think about you getting rid of it and sometimes that works oh my gosh and I didn't get the freezing thing I just imagined like my body fighting whatever virus it had and then it did go away wow but like i'm not saying i worked a miracle on myself no but I... not out of the realm of possibility yeah and you know sometimes like there's sometimes all you need is time and these yeah. things like clear up and sometimes you know things do clear up like I'm definitely not saying like you can think your way out of having cancer or like a broken bone but you know it, it was just interesting because because I was thinking about the stories from the bible like get up and walk and I was reading mm. about this saint and it's people who 
you know, grand, their grandma says like, oh, we need to pray to this saint. We need to send him letters. We need to go visit him. He can heal you. He can heal you. He can heal you. And yeah. you, like the belief is so deep. And then you go and he like lays hands on you and is like, I am going to heal you. And then, you know, sometimes it works. Yeah. So maybe sometimes it's good to be not so much of a skeptic. Yeah. Hmm. Some food for thought. I'm very excited to watch this book tube once it's out. <laughs> it's going to be a while here in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of um, awesome things, um, what are we talking about today, Katie? So today, apologies for the late episode, guys. I was moving to Milan over the weekend, so not able to record our normally scheduled Tuesday episode. Um, so today we've got a bit to catch up on. There were some album releases on Friday. Rosé released two singles and Selena Gomez released a new album. Mm-hmm. And then there was a BTS Grammys situation. Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's dive into Rosé first. Okay. I mean, I know they were announcing that she was releasing solo stuff. There were teasers. Oh, for those of you who don't know, Rosé is one member of Blackpink, which is a K-pop group. But yeah. she, Rosé, sings in English. Yeah. So you can listen to her songs and understand what she's saying. But I thought that when they teased and had this anticipated release that it would be more than two songs. I mean, typical YG. Everything is like <laughs> on a delay. It was like a single, then it was an album, then it was a mini album. And it's like two singles in anticipation of a mini album. Like what's happening yeah, it just didn't make sense. I mean, their last album was only half an hour. Yeah, Blackpink. Called The Album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, zero points for originality there, but yeah. I guess it's consistent, at least with their brand. Um, before I give my thoughts, obviously, you are a rosé bias stan. Yes, although my bias has changed. Oh, has it? Who's yeah. your bias now? Lisa. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So your ex-bias, Rosé, um, what are your thoughts on her two songs? So one song's called Gone and one song is called On the Ground. So I would say Gone is more what I expected. So mm. if... Our listeners watched the Blackpink documentary, which we've also talked about on Netflix. You saw that Rosé is kind of like a Taylor Swift vibe singer-songwriter with a guitar. Mm. And so I was expecting kind of a Rosé and her guitar singing a song. Um, yep. And that is kind of gone. But the song gone. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't, neither of the songs are that good. On the Ground is, is catchy, I, in a way. It's, it wasn't at all what I expected. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, this is it? Okay, the telltale sign is, did you favorite them and put them on your like songs list on Spotify or not? Yes, I did. For both? Yeah. Right. Okay. So you didn't 
not like it. You just didn't think it was the best ever. Yeah. And it wasn't when I watched. I, so I started by watching the music video for On the Ground, which is the lead single. And yeah. my reaction when I was watching that was like, whoa, like this is it. This is the direction she went in. Like I, I wasn't expecting it. I think I was expecting more. Like I thought it would be better lyrically and like I don't know I just thought it would be more a bit more interesting than it is yeah I think I would agree I prefer Gone to On the Ground okay. I actually quite like Gone as a song as you say maybe because I feel like it suits her more and I feel like I was expecting as you say the acoustic early Taylor Swift vibes yeah which I was getting from Gone On the Ground I watched the music video first and then was like, huh? And then I watched the YouTube premiere interview thing with her. And I feel like that broke down the story and the song a bit more. Ooh, okay. I haven't watched that. What is the story? So, cause, so there's a scene where I think essentially, I mean, we can read into the themes as much as we want because we've discussed it on the podcast before. And it's kind of bleeding from the documentary. She's essentially talking about herself now and herself pre-Blackpink. Mm -hmm. So there's a scene in the MV where she's like looking at herself. She's wearing black and pink. And then there's a version of her not wearing black and pink. So it's her kind of looking at herself before Blackpink or I guess before debut. Um, I think the messaging is, is more about like, you know, I thought I needed to get really high and literally like, I think it is lit, well, not literal, it's still figurative, but it's like, I thought I had to get really famous and really successful, but actually I think what she means by on the ground is I just need to be grounded with what I have and yeah. people I know, and that's enough. And I think that is the premise of the song. I mean, I've noticed Teddy, who produces all of their yeah. Blackpink songs, is on this record. Yeah, and is I he think also on Gone? I didn't see it, but okay. you could definitely hear the Blackpink elements in On the Ground. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of felt more like a Blackpink song than a Rosé song, perhaps. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think obviously they, she went into it a bit deeper. I think she had reasonings behind all the scenes. I think this is the other thing about K-pop music videos is when you watch one, you're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then you watch the behind the scenes and the making of. And they're like, well, so the concept of this music video is this like persona and this like debate between my inner self and my old self. And you're like, I definitely did not see that in the music video. Like, sometimes I just don't understand. Maybe there's, I get for uh, marketing, whatever, there's a lot of concepts behind it. But when you actually watch the video, you're like, I didn't get any of these concepts. But I'm glad they're there. Like, I'm glad it's not some, I guess, more superficial meaning. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I, she, in the interview show, they also ring her sister. Oh, Okay to ask her about Rosé and something a bit awkward came up, which I thought was a bit awkward um, where they're like, oh, does um, I think Rosé or is there anything that 
people don't know about Rosé that you want to share or something like that. And she's like, oh yeah, when she was younger, like in school, people people would call her like Porky Pig <laughs> because she likes to eat a lot. <laughs> and it was really awkward. What a thing to share about your sister. Yeah, like I think she didn't mean it in like, I think she meant it like, oh, it was so cute. Everyone used to call her that. But the look on her face and I mean, the K-pop industry, we've discussed this long, like, you know, loads and, you know, the standards around size and everything. Like, it's just such a weird comment to say. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that, like, I could see, like, Rosé mentally processing, like, how do I get away from this topic ASAP? Yeah. Um, and she was like, yeah, I still like to eat. It's like, she just is mm. uh, not eating as much. Yeah. So that's Rosé. Did you listen to Selena Gomez's new album? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I am not a big Selena. I'm not a big female vocalist fan, to mm. be honest. Um, yeah. That's so okay. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm getting into a lot of bands at the moment and I haven't had time to listen to Selena's stuff. And I was going to ask you, actually, since you're more, what's Selena Gomez's fandom name? Selenators. Selenator. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how you say it. I've only ever seen it written down. Right. Um, I thought that as a selenator, because if it wasn't reflective of her music, then I don't want to listen to it and then be kind of turned off by it. Um, what did you think? Did you listen to her whole album? Yeah, it's short. Mm. So it is a Spanish language album. So it is entirely in Spanish, and it definitely has, like, a Latin beat vibe. Okay. Yeah, so it's good. It's good, like, kind of background listening. I think I would recommend it. I mean, I am a pretty big Selena Gomez fan. Um, specifically, her album Revival is, like, peak Selena Gomez for me. But I've been a fan of hers since Disney Channel days. Um, since Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes, since Wizards of Waverly Place, I liked the stuff she put out as Selena Gomez and the scene with the band. Mm, yes. I've liked all of her solo stuff. Um, yeah, I think she's, obviously, she's not like the world's greatest vocalist, but I think she has a really cool style. And I think you can see her influence on other musicians today because mm. because of, you know, she just kind of picks the vocal range that works for her and then it's very much about, like, the mood and the vibe of the song. And I don't know. I like Selena Gomez. I think she's cool. I think the album is good. I couldn't tell you, like, a standoff track out of off of it right now. Um, yeah. But it was good to listen to. I enjoyed it. And she's done an interview that came out, I think, this weekend. I should have read it in preparation for the podcast, but I didn't. Um, with Gia uh, Talentino. Oh, your favorite author. Yeah, she has written a cover story for Selena Gomez, maybe for Rolling Stone, maybe for a different magazine. Uh, yeah, very cool. Let me see which magazine it's in. I can tell our listeners. If you were to... I guess categorize this new album. Is it more like 
pump up Latin Zumba vibe songs or yeah. is it like more Latin ballads? No, I it's more like it's like DJ beats. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, it's the Vogue cover. So Selena Gomez is on Vogue. And uh, Gia Tolentino interviewed her for that. Is that the one where she has a picture with her parents? I don't know. She looks great. I feel like as Taylor Swift has gone on her folklore adventure, I feel like this is kind of Selena's folklore. Yeah, I can see that. And then, weirdly, Justin Bieber's releasing a new album next week. These two always... I, it must be a marketing strategy. They always release their albums at the same time. Yes, I think so. Because bad publicity for both of them is still good publicity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, is Selena releasing it to spite Justin and are all her songs about Justin? Yeah. And then Justin going, retaliating with his songs. It's like, are they about Selena or not? Yeah. Yeah, that's good content because some people are diehard Justin Selena shippers. Yep. I mean, I was listening to um, Beauty and the Beat. Yeah. And they mentioned Selena and I was like, oh yeah, they used to be together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we will talk about Justin Bieber's new album um, on the podcast. I'm excited. His, his singles recently have been good. Um, speaking of Justin Bieber... One Belieber is one of the members of BTS. Oh, and so cute. And this last weekend, a whole hashtag scammies happened. Um, Katie, for those of us who aren't armies like us, um, can you break down exactly why there was a controversy with the Grammys and BTS? Yes. Yep, I sure can. So, as our listeners will probably have heard... BTS was nominated for a Grammy Award. Very exciting. They're the first K-pop act to ever be nominated for a Grammy. And they were nominated for the song Dynamite under Best Pop Group or Duo Performance. So it, I can't say that this is an award I have ever paid much attention to in the past. It's not like a huge Grammy Award, like a Daesung, they would say, in uh, Korean music awards, like not one of the major awards. Um, but they were nominated, and it was a huge achievement. They were not nominated for the other categories they submitted in, which included Pop Album of the Year and Album of the Year for Map of the Soul 7, which I think probably deserved a nomination. Just my opinion there. Um, okay, so there... there that is part one. Part two of the controversy. Well, we haven't even gotten to the controversy yet, guys. Oh, aren't you glad you listened to this podcast? Okay. Um, they also were scheduled to perform at the Grammys, and they were excited because this is their first time performing one of their own songs at the Grammys. Last year, they performed Old Town Road. So this was their first time performing their own songs. So they were excited about that. And then the Grammys promoted the crap out of BTS performing at the Grammys. Even my mom texted me this weekend and was like, I just heard that BTS is performing at the Grammys. <laughs> so the Grammys were really hammering this home. American media were really hammering this home. BTS at the Grammys. 
you know, talking about first ever nomination for a K-pop group, just like really promoting it. And then we found out BTS was scheduled to perform last, which ARMY took to mean the Grammys were using BTS to convince their millions and millions of fans to watch the Grammys all the way through until BTS's performance. So we call this clout chasing in ARMY lingo. So um, we said uh, ARMY thought that the Grammys were basically using BTS to to get more views in a really obvious way. And then the next twist in the story, ARMY found out that BTS's award wasn't even going to be televised as part of the ceremony. It was going to be announced in a pre-show, which the Grammys have always done. I guess people were saying sometimes this award is part of the full ceremony. Like I said, I don't ever remember this award. So I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if you Yeah, know. apparently it wasn't last year. Yeah. But it was the year before. Yeah. I mean, this year, to be fair, Grammys were done a bit differently overall, obviously, because BTS didn't fly to LA. And I'm a bit shocked that quite a few people did fly to LA. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing to wear a fashionable face mask. There's another to actually be at a gathering when a pandemic is happening. Yeah. So um, there's that. But apparently there was like a lot of testing and stuff. People had to have multiple tests before the ceremony and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a gray area, especially in America, I think, around COVID rules and such. I mean, mm. if BTS did a virtual filming thing, loads of people could have it's not it's not the end of the world if grammys were a virtual award yeah yeah so many award shows in the last year in many countries have all been virtual so anyway yeah public health minute (laughs) (laughs) so the conclusion of the saga came at um the grammy ceremony on monday night and was it Monday night or Sunday night? Sunday night. So Sunday night, uh, BTS did not win their award. They lost to Rain On Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, which, to be honest, I kind of expected. And I think BTS themselves probably did not expect to win this award just because of how hard it's been to even get them nominated. Uh, so they didn't win. ARMY was furious. And in retaliation, ARMY started a campaign to get everyone to watch BTS's performance via streaming links rather than official channels so that they could bomb the Grammys' viewership numbers. And they seem to have succeeded because in the end, the Grammys only had like 9 million viewers and BTS's 15-minute live after the Grammys ended had 7.7 million. So Yeah. I mean, I think there were... If, okay, imagine if you were BTS, right? Yeah. You're a band, you've, you know, had to, you were the underdog in the K-pop industry, you're finally making it, you're a global superstar, you're killing it, selling loads of records, and in your mind you're like, I really want to make a statement in the American market by winning a Grammy. Fine. Mm. Then you realize that you get pushed to the non-main part. Because the other part is, if you're not in the full broadcast show, you don't even get shown. Yep. 
because in the actual wards, you know, you see people's reactions or whatever. You don't even get that in the pre-show. Yeah. And not to mention, right, they had to wake up at like 2 a.m. Korea time just to see if they would win or not. And apparently they put on, you know, full wardrobe and makeup in case they did win and they the cameras would show them. Yep. But that didn't happen. Yeah. And then they still had to... Well, I guess they got some sleep. They didn't look like they got a lot of sleep on their V Live, but then feel like they've been used to promote the actual Grammys the entire time of the Grammys. Because I'm sure, like all the other award shows I've watched with them in it, every commercial break is coming up BTS. And it's yeah. like, I'm sure American television, there was probably loads of commercial breaks. And I did see a schedule for the performances. I don't know if it's real or not for the actual show where BTS wasn't last. Really? So that was published before the show. <sighs> so some people were like, a lot of people on the internet were like, well, at least they're not last. And then, then I guess in the actual show, they were last. And I think that could also have triggered more frustration because it's like, did you move them so that you could get more viewers? Yeah, to get those millions of viewers who are only watching to watch BTS to stick it out throughout the whole ceremony waiting for BTS. And to be fair, I've done that before. I've yeah, watched an award ceremony for six <laughs> hours yeah, before and... a BTS performance. But at least by the time you got to BTS, they performed at least three songs. And they were awarded a lot of awards. Exactly. Yeah. So... This is just on all fronts, just not right. It's so I mean, I gross. could see from a Grammys, if you were a Grammys promoter, yeah. right, the least you could do is give BTS a Grammy. Yeah. If, if you're going to use them for clout and keep viewership, I, this is coming back to the Jason Derulo thing. I think there's a lot of issues in the music industry and marketing. It's like, do you want people to support you or not? Yeah. If you do, do the right thing. Yeah, I'm. I don't know how many Grammys Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande have, or the other people in the categories, but I don't honestly think, giving the famous names that are on there, they're gonna miss this side category. Yeah, for a Grammy. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. Album of the Year or anything. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, and I mean it's like it's insulting on so many levels. I think I'm trying to like communicate this for our listeners in a way that is like not army like getting super defensive over bts but like their music is so good and the work that they put out in 2020 was so good like legitimately really good and it's not to even be like the grammys could have at least given them like this minor award. It's like, no, they should have been competing for album of the year. Like they are the masters, the drivers of the music industry right now. And like, and they're doing good work and to not even be considered, it's just so insulting. And I know other, you know, other artists feel similarly. Other artists of color feel similarly. The Weeknd didn't get a single nomination and he had the best-selling album in the U.S. in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes to show ultimately that everyone has already been thinking for years 
is this Grammys thing. Like, yeah. I just, I don't understand how it works. I don't know who gets it. I don't know how they come to the, t I mean, in Korea, I've seen a lot of the award shows, they show a clear breakdown of how people get awarded. So sometimes mm. like a percentage is to do with fan votes, a percentage is to do with album, album sales, sales and charting. And then a part of it is like an expert panel judging. But with Grammys, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just people vo people voting, right? The yeah. Voting Academy. So there's a mysterious nominating committee. And I think the nominating committee is where a lot of artists have particular issues because the only way to get a nomination appears to be to like wine and dine this mysterious committee to get a nomination. And then the actual voting is by the Recording Academy members and that is made up of anyone who has previously won a Grammy. So, you know, the fact that this is the first K-pop act to ever be nominated means there are no K-pop artists part of the voting pool. So, how to even break into that. Yeah. I it's mean, I think daunting. what I've read about a lot kind of post this fiasco is that armies only care about the Grammys because BTS cares about the Grammys. Yeah. Like overall, like, I don't think they need, like, what's another award? Yeah. But I think it means a lot, obviously, breaking into the American market and showing your standards in a, you know, American music industry. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my husband about this and he was saying, well, Boy With Love could have won a Grammy. Yeah. You know, it had Halsey on it. Yeah. I'd, I don't get why Dynamite was the first song they ever got nominated for. I wouldn't be surprised that they would have submitted Grammy things before. Yeah, I think they have. But I think, I think like I said, it's, it's this mysterious nominating committee. And also, BTS has always had issues with radio play in the US because a lot of their songs um, don't have a lot of English lyrics. And so there's issues with radio play. The ubiquitousness of Dynamite really helped their case this year for Dynamite to be yeah. in a nominated song. But I mean, of BTS singles released in 2020, we had Black Swan, we had On, we had Dynamite, we had Life Goes On. Dynamite is the weakest one. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. unfair on multiple fronts with this. <laughs> and I think the like the army side of me, like the protective fandom side of me, like the thing that made it too much for me to watch their live afterwards or to like read too much about what their reactions and stuff is just like they've been through this so many times. Like they've been treated like crap so many times and then for it to happen while they're at the peak of their career like where you feel like they should be untouchable like absolutely incredible and like on a level no one's ever heard before and then to like I'm sure the feeling of just being like taken down like this is just brutal yeah oh. yeah I mean I watched like the reaction video when they when they lost yeah when they yeah, didn't get the award too. and it was devastating <sighs> like I just you know to be honest obviously I'm a fan of BTS but had it been any other group and that had the exact same journey 
whether I was a fan of their music or not, watching their reaction would have been hard anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't think this for me is like specific. I mean, obviously, you know, bias BTS, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. any other group with that kind of a journey to finally get a nomination, to not get it and see them react at like 3 a.m. their time. Yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, I still can't watch the live stream after. I think no. the other part is, you know, they're very resilient individuals. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this is, you know, them being, as you say, knocked down many, many times before. And they're like, you know what? This is just another time we've tried our best. And I think their messaging continues to be strong and positive. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, the relationship they clearly have built with their fans are untouchable. Yeah. And so I think that will carry them as they move forward, yeah. whatever happens next. Yeah. Well, hopefully, as, as ARMY would say, BTS have paved the way so that we're going to see more um, Asian artists being nominated Yeah. Um, for things in the Western industry, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> Should we do some prime goals? We shall. Um, so when we last did prime goals, my goal was to streamline my hobbies and I think I've successfully done that now Ooh. I've restricted it to three and they are um they are my blog mm -hmm. so just practicing some writing um number two learning Korean I got a new workbook and I've worked through two lessons already and number three is social media and the podcast Nice. So I feel like I'm working my way through these hobbies um, in the next few months. So I feel a lot better. And I think I've been more realistic about time allocation. Yeah. Like with the Korean lesson or lessons online, I'm, I'm not going to try and do it every day because I know I can't. So I'm just allocating some time on weekends when I know I definitely have time. Yeah. There you go. What about you, Katie? So my goal was to try to spend a bit of time figuring out what kind of routine works for me because I've tried meditating, I've tried like waking up earlier and like none of that seems to work for me. So I did this craze that has been taking over millennial Instagram and that is I, um, I figured out my Enneagram. You millennials. <laughs> okay, Gen Z over there. <laughs> A wannabe Gen Zer, I think. What is that, Katie? So, I've not heard of it. An Enneagram, it's like a Myers Briggs, but instead you get a number. So there are nine okay. numbers. And then you have like your number and your wing, which is like the number next to you that you're closest to. <laughs> so I'm a three wing two. That's called the charmer. <laughs> Is it so? Can you be like three wing seven? Like, no, does it have, no, no, right? So, you're it's either two or four for you, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, and then nines are either eight or one, it goes in a circle, okay, cool, yeah. And what does that mean? So, let me let me get my bullet journal because I obviously made a spread for this. So, basically, I like I found my Enneagram and then. 
was like, what does this mean about me? Um, because yeah, we can tell our listeners, I didn't get into the grad school program I applied for. We can normalize sharing that we didn't get in (laughs) to our grad school program. So I need, I was like, okay, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Basically (laughs) this like crisis. So the supportive intention for people with my Enneagram is to repeat to yourself, my life is unfolding as it should. (laughs) I like like, that. Yeah. It's a very useful intention for me right now. And the suggested morning routine change for people with my Enneagram is no screen time. Oh. Because they say with my Enneagram, if you start scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and stuff, you automatically start like composing your to-do list and comparing yourself to other people and thinking about what you need to be doing. And yeah, so your morning routine should try to avoid screens. Interesting. I'm definitely not the same as you. No. Maybe I'm on the other side. Maybe I'm like a, I don't know, seven, eight or whatever. You should do it. There are a bunch of, you know, it's like the Myers-Briggs. There are like a bunch of tests on online. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. What else? No, that's literally it. So I'm, I'm being like super, okay. I'm being super small with the changes I'm expecting um, mm. for my morning routines. And so like the only expectation that I have for myself right now is that I wake up in time for my Italian classes, which start at nine now. And I'm going to, I'm trying to avoid looking at my phone right away. Cool. Yeah. That sounds achievable. It'd be really interesting to see like how that affects you. Yeah. Because obviously like small changes do take time, but I kind of, I mean, I think generally speaking, that is a lot of I mean, obviously the manifestation thing, or sorry, what's that called? Intention. Intention setting is I think, and not having screen time has been, I'm sure, evidence-based um, initiatives. Yeah. So. Well, I'm not, oh. I'm not sure how evidence-based the Enneagram is, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious. I can't wait to figure out what mine is. Okay, now you're embracing your millennial roots. Yeah, exactly. I'm never far from my millennial roots. I stay on the ground, Katie. Yeah, you're just all over all the trends. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that your goal to maintain them this yeah. week? Is that what yeah. it is? Cool, cool. What is your goal? Um, hmm. I think for me, it is to probably try and go outside a bit more (laughs) I was telling my friend um shout out to Irina if you're listening um that I was getting quite fine with not going outside as much yeah I think pre pre pre-covid I have to go outside at least once a day otherwise I was like going stir crazy but now I think when I need breaks, I don't necessarily need outside air breaks. I kind of just need like a mental break. And that doesn't often equate to an outdoor activity, especially if it's like raining, super windy, really cold. Yeah. Um, so my stint of not being outside um, has increased quite a bit. <laughs> like I've, I've, I can manage not going outside for 
a few more days than I used to be able to without being bothered by it. Yeah. So now I'm trying to eventually get back because I guess way back when, um, tell me if you remember the episode. I don't remember. I used to go, like I had a goal to do a 10 minute walk at lunch just yeah, around the block. I remember and that. I think I need to start that again. <laughs> Does that because count I'm just, as a hobby though? No. Okay. So my hobbies are like anything that takes either like creativity or like mental dedication. Okay. Okay. Whereas the walk is literally just me putting on a coat and going outside. Fair. Um, fair. I just think I just resort to doing like I said like doing something that turns my brain off indoors but not outdoors so I'm just gonna try and do that again <laughs> I have moved at my work from home desk to sit near a window so I kind of think well I'm kind of like almost outside <laughs> <laughs> that's not maybe <laughs> no and I think maybe I'm sure hopefully the listeners can relate and I'm not just you know being um a bit crazy but I think maybe this is the effect of being at home so much and yeah and locked down so much and just yeah it's not I don't think it's an it's definitely not an anxiety thing I'm not anxious and that's why I'm not going outside I just it's just laziness mm-hmm. yeah so there we go there it is love it okay, okay. we will see you next time <laughs> okay bye ciao ciao Thanks for listening to Prime of Our Lives. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. To keep the conversation going, follow us on Twitter at Prime Lives Pod.